My name is Owen Flynn and welcome to episode 57 of the Trail Running Ireland podcast, sponsored by Jason Kyo Therapy Sports and Injury Clinic. Our feature interview this week is one that will inspire and motivate and I'm sure will help us get through any little tough patch that we might be experiencing at the moment. It's the winner of the 80k in Ecotrail Wicklow last week, the incredible Luke Grenfell-Shaw. Luke, you're very welcome to the show and Luke, firstly I have to ask, how has the recovery gone since that great day in Bray last week where you had such an impressive victory over 80 kilometres in Ecotrail Wicklow? Well, I couldn't really walk afterwards. I think I crossed the line and um, within about sort of 20 minutes, uh, I I was like hobbling around like I'd sort of aged about 70 years. And uh, <laughs> what was actually worse than the run was there were some ice baths uh, like in the sort of finish area. And I went into an ice bath for five minutes. And my goodness, it was about 10 times worse than the run itself. It was excruciating. Um <laughs> So yeah, that that was the most difficult thing about the day. Uh, but my legs have been sore for about a week, just some easy running. Um, but you know, it's about ten days on, and the the legs feel pretty much back to normal now. Good, no no structural damage or anything like that. You're you're good to go again for a new training block, hopefully. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Well, well, listen, Luke, I mean, it was wonderful to see you um, cross the finish line and, and you moved us all so much, Luke, with your victory speech that day, telling us about your victory in the race. Um, and not only that, but your incredible victory over cancer. And for people that weren't there at the finish line, do you mind telling us about the time when your life was flipped upside down, but thankfully you've come out on top and you've gone on to do some incredible, incredible things. Yeah, so, well, funnily enough, this also starts with a trail race. I was doing a trail race out in, in Russia. It was my first ever ultra. It was 50K. And again, like, I couldn't walk the next day. I, I was on the sixth floor. My apartment was on the sixth floor. I literally, like, went down the stairs on my bum because uh, I just couldn't <laughs> lose my legs. Like, my hip flexors were shot to pieces. Um, but, you know, I was 24 years old. I was pretty fit. And I had one small problem. That's why I had this aching left shoulder. I ignored it for months. And long story short, I eventually saw a doctor in Russia. They were like, Bonjour, moi. like, what is going on? They're like, oh, my, oh, my goodness. Um, I went back to the UK and the doctors did some tests and they said, Luke, you've got cancer. And it's it's really aggressive. It's really advanced. Uh, it spreads your lungs. And basically, we don't think you're going to see Christmas. That's incredible. I, I can't imagine the, the shock that you must have felt, um, both you and your family. Um, how did you manage to, 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 to keep, keep saying, Luke, to keep it all together? And, and not only just keep it all together, but to go on and battle it like you did and yeah, to come I, out fighting and just absolutely bury it into the ground like you have done. Well, I, I've been very lucky, first off, or I've been very fortunate. Um, but, you know, it was it was devastating because uh, my body had let me down. Like, I just didn't understand how this could have happened to me. I was, I was 24. I was young. I was, you know, really fit, really healthy. 
And it was like the rules of life had just been like completely scrubbed out and everything that I thought like the way that life worked everything I thought about that it just got shattered and since then I've realized that there are no rules to life and we kind of just construct this environment where we feel like things happen for a reason but sometimes just really bad stuff happens and there's no there's no reason for it. Yeah, and just, and just so the listeners, you know, try and can try and imagine or understand what you went through. A, a month after you had that diagnosis, you, your brother had a tragic accident as well in the Lake District. So you're not only dealing with your own cancer diagnosis, but the, the terrible, sad news of what happened to your brother. Um, you know, devastating period of your life. But you, but you fought it all and you came out and... Um, and you came up with this incredible challenge of wanting to, to cycle around the world, Luke. And, and even I think before that, you, you know, you had you'd got back training. You, you, you weren't going to sit around and let cancer take over your life or, or the tragedy that happened. Your, your brother, John, that, that wasn't going to mean that you're going to just stay at home and be sad and, and upset forever and ever. You, you, you kept on going. Yeah. On the day that I was diagnosed, um, two things happened. Um, one, my dad took me out for a run and I'm, I'm from Bristol. We went running on the downs. It was a very beautiful, sunny day. We were looking over the suspension bridge and my dad said, look, the, the fact that you've got cancer and you're probably not <laughs> you're going to die soon is, as a father, like the worst thing that I can imagine. Uh, but there's not much I can do about it. Uh, and there's not that much that you can do about it. But you do have a choice over how you live these next three, four, five months. Like you still got that choice. You can't control when you die, but you can control how you live. Yeah. And yeah. that is exactly the attitude I tried to take forward, that I wanted to make the most of the time that I had. And it was incredibly precious. And I also wanted to do everything that I could to put myself in the very small percentage of people who are still around in a few years time. And for me, that was massively through exercise and was also through thinking about my diet, obviously chemo, surgery, radiotherapy, that's incredibly important. But I, I was I was cycling in hospital. I, um, I went for walks with, um, with my like chemo drip. Uh, I tried to keep as active as possible because I knew it was gonna be helping myself. And then the ride, as you talked about Owen, that is a kind of continuation of that. It's showing what is possible with cancer. And that was at the heart of my ride from Bristol to Beijing. Yeah, it sounds like maybe your, your running and your sporting background really helped get you through that time because it was like maybe you just put a, a new training plan in place where you know every day you might go for a five minute walk, a 10 minute walk, build it up, build your body up again, just like you had got an injury, and this was the worst type of injury you could get in inverted commas, but you just built your body back up again, like you would any setback in, in, in a sporting career, perhaps. And that mindset maybe helped you. And if anybody's listening that has any friends or family that are going through the same thing, you know, that type of mindset might, might help them just to treat it like an injury and just build your body back up as much as possible, as much as you can. Yeah, and, and keep active 
as active as you can through that time. So it wasn't just a case of building up afterwards, but of course, when you're going through treatment, you feel tired, you feel sick, you don't, you're not going to be running quick 5Ks, 10Ks or whatever. But I always say doing something is infinitely more than nothing. And, yeah. you know, for people who, who, who have friends or family who are going through cancer treatment right now, don't wrap them in cotton wool. Encourage them to do a little bit. And a little bit is so much more than nothing. Even if that's walking up and down the corridor a few times to the end of the road and back, doing something will be so, so beneficial. And, and I think that's physically and mentally. You know, the, yeah. the, the power of the mindset of thinking I'm helping myself, even though every single bit of, you know, dog poos hit the fan, um, you know, yeah. it, it completely changes the way that you think about yourself and you think about the challenge that you're dealing with. Yeah. And, you know, people might set a challenge, maybe Luke, of a, to run a 10K in three months time or to run maybe even a marathon, you know, uh, in aid of cancer research or a charity in six months time or 12 months time. But you chose to cycle around the world, <laughs> a 30,000 kilometer cycle. Again, just to try and understand, to, to get in underneath the lid, so to speak, where does that mindset and ambition come from? Where most of us going through that, you know, we'd be delighted just to get through a 10K. Um, but you decided to cycle around the world and to have the, not only but the, the, the ambition and the energy and motivation to do it, but the, the project management to do something like that, Luke, that's not just, you know, hop on a bike and go cycling. There's so much planning um, and logistics involved in something like that. So much energy needed for something like that. So what what made you cycle around the world? Uh, well, quite possibly because I'm I'm a little bit unhinged. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe that's part of the answer, or, or maybe in fact it's the reverse. Uh, because when so I said two things happened on that day I was diagnosed. One, my dad gave me this advice. The second thing is is that I realised that if I was going to live my dream that I'd had since I was about fifteen of cycling around the world. Well, you know what? That couldn't be that couldn't be later anymore. You know, I'd always assumed I'd do it after I finished school, after I graduated from university, after I'd got a job, bought a house, had kids, blah, 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 always later. And I realized like this is my one chance. Like if I don't do it now, I'm never gonna get to cycle around the world. I tell you what, that's a pretty good motivator. And I was like, this is my dream. I want to see so many different countries. I want to meet people, I want to have an adventure. And um and that's what I, I set out to do. And um, yeah, it was an absolute logistical challenge because it, it also happened during the pandemic. Yeah, sure. Well, I think the, the message there for anybody that's listening in, Luke, is, um, you know, hopefully now nobody has to go through cancer or anything like it for them to be inspired to go out and follow their dreams and achieve their dreams but it's very much they live in the present isn't it and if you want to run the new york marathon if you want to run in chamonix and utmb or go and see whoever in concert don't wait five years to do it you know do it now while you can while you're healthy and make things happen and live in the present rather than always wishing wishing for something in the future maybe yeah, no, absolutely. But I'd also just say everyone's dream looks different and every dream is absolutely as as valid as any other. You know, mine was Bristol to Beijing. Like, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. 
you know yeah. like you've got to follow what's inside your your own heart and as you say about living in the present 100% I agree with you like my personal philosophy now is like today has got to be worth it you know what I'm doing today has to be something that makes me excited and um you know I also completely understand that some people are like well it's just not that simple well yeah. I, I also think there are going to be small actions that everyone can take to make the way that their life is day in day out that little bit better to what they want and whether that's taking five minutes less time on your phone to just go for a little walk or appreciate the view or um you know spend a bit more time with family or kids or you know an extra run whatever it is um yeah. we can all make small changes i think did you have to keep up with the treatment while you were cycling around the world luke or were you able to pretty much go out there on your own and just get cycling every day so I had I had chemo, I had surgery, I had radiotherapy. Um, that all happened before I started the ride. Um, but when I started the ride, I really did not expect to finish it because I just thought, you know, the next scan result I had or the one after that, it was going to tell me that the cancer had come back. You know, I it's difficult to articulate that now because I'm here and everyone's like, oh, well, of course he's here. Well, no, like that just wasn't the situation. Like I'm so fortunate to be alive right now. And it's not what I expected. Um, well, what were the highs and lows of that bike ride, Luke? And I suspect, you know, that you could very well fill a book or, you know, hopefully we might see a film about it someday. But even just give us a flavor of maybe yeah. one or two of the high points. And I'm sure there were some very tough days as well. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. I, I am writing a book and making a film about it. So, you know, there will be many more. But um, for me, one of the big high points was relatively early on. I was in Turkey and I'd spent the winter of like, so this was sort of 2020, the back end of 2020, going through, cycling across Europe during the pandemic and no one wanted to join me. Uh, the borders have kept on closing. I'd got COVID, I recovered, that was in Romania, and I got to Turkey and I was wondering, you know, what am I doing? Is this journey even worth it? Um, and it was on a tandem bike. That's the other thing that's worth saying. I, I lugged this tandem bike around Europe and basically no one had sat on the back because, uh, you know, just it was it was COVID. People didn't want to spread Corona. They, I was some weird traveler. Now in Turkey, for the first time, I was joined by a guy from Turkey. He was a dentist called Sinan. He was cycling with me and he's he's a, a crazy cyclist. He cycled 500 Ks in 24 hours on a Brompton. I mean, who does this? Um, the incredible guy. But there was this one afternoon, it, it was uh, January in Turkey in this uh, city called Duja. And we kind of entered the city and there were like 40 cyclists around and there were two tandems, two more tandems. And it was the local cycle club who have heard of this cycle and they decided to come and join us. And we were just cycling on the road. I had Sinan from Turkey on the back of my tandem. We had a whole group of people from Turkey on their bike cycling. And I was just like, this, this is what it's about. It's getting people together. It's cycling together. And for me, it's showing what's possible with cancer and spreading that message. And that was that was an absolute high point. Brilliant. And I'm sure you must have been a little bit scared maybe when you got COVID 
after going through what you had gone through. I'm sure that was maybe a dodgy couple of days as you were battling COVID. Yeah, luckily it didn't. I was very fortunate. I didn't have particularly severe symptoms. Um, and, and I think actually my attitude has changed a bit since having cancer of like, I think a lot of people saw COVID and are like, you know, take cover. I don't know what's going to happen. I need to preserve my life. And actually, I almost had the reverse attitude of like, hey, I, I've already faced death. I need to, I need to keep on living. You know, I'll take the risk. You know, yeah. um, and not not in a not in an unsafe way, but I was like, I'm still going to keep on traveling, but do it responsibly. Um, but yeah, I I went shopping that the, the, when I realized I had COVID, I bought a bar of chocolate, uh, dark chocolate from Lidl in Romania. And um, took a bit of it. And I was just like, God, this tastes like chalk. Like, you know, little of really, they, they, their standards have slipped. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I realised. <laughs> no, there's something else going on. Um, now that you're back, Luke, after the 30K cycle, um, and we'll look forward to the book and to the film to get more and more details of that, because I'm sure there are so many stories and so many anecdotes. Can't wait to see it and read about it. But now that you're back from the cycle, has life got back to relative normality again you know with a typical day job and um, squeezing in the running training and we'll get to that now in a second when you can and just entering races like like eco trail yeah i am um, i'm still working out what normal life is because i was very fortunate that i you know i spent uh, the last two and a half years on the road really and i was you know I, I was doing talks i was doing podcasts blogs and stuff um and supported by two sponsors so you know i was able to make that my my life and my job um you know and now i'm writing a book and making a film uh you know and i'm doing some teaching alongside of that which is the sort of the the, the, the bread and butter bit of my my days um but yeah i um I, i'm still trying to work out what normal life is really and what i want to be doing with it because um this is a time that I never thought I would see I suppose so I'm like okay I'm not keep I'm not still cycling what, what's really important for me to do now and uh, what, what are the opportunities yeah and um, how important is is running and training and Luke within that and you know going out to races like eco trail and putting in a good performance and um, is that in any way close to the top of the priority list at the moment or or is is it just a nice bonus um I wouldn't say talent that you've discovered that you have after eco trail you know that that running ability was always there but what we saw in eco trail was that there is an incredible talent there and um, so how important is running training and perhaps racing and um, how important is it at the moment yeah uh, running is a huge part of my life uh, and it's one of the things I enjoy most. And, you know, if you were if you were to ask my girlfriend, you know, she would absolutely say, you know, like it is the most important thing because without running, you know, I'm a miserable git. And that's absolutely true. Like um, it is my passion. like us all, Luke, like us all. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Uh, speaking to the converted here, um, you know, so it's a huge part of my life. And it's probably the thing I prioritize most in my day. If there's, you know, if, if I've got one hour, you know, that I'm. I've only got one hour to myself, like it's running that I would do in it. Um, you know, and, and I just love trail racing. I've, you know, I started off with road racing and triathlon, but for me, trail racing and, you know, the, the eco trail Wicklow was beautiful. And I think in those, I think I said on the, the finish line with you, 
uh, when I'm racing, I just don't want to be anywhere else. And I think that's the most powerful motivator to know that of all the things you could be doing in the world, I'm exactly where I want to be doing what I want to be. So it doesn't matter how long it takes, you know, like, because uh, it can seem quite daunting, right? I think at least, you know, like four hours, eight hours, 12 hours plus to do a race. But if you're like, actually, I know it's a long time, but do I want to be looking at my phone right now? You know, do I really want to, um, you know, be going around an, an art gallery? Yeah, those things are great. But like, this is where I want to be. And I feel that's a powerful motivator. So yeah, no, I, I love running and it's just, it's a huge, huge part of my life. Um, just in that couple of seconds there talking about running, Luke, I, I've just observed that you haven't mentioned the word competition once. You didn't mention the fact that you won Eco Trail once there. So, so I'm amazed with, with that mindset because I'll, I'll be honest, Luke, I am such a competitive runner. You can put a, a snail beside me and I'll be happy to be <laughs> a snail. <laughs> you know? um, so you, you, you have this incredible aerobic base, perhaps, from that 30K cycle. And I might ask you about that. Do you think that that 30K cycle has actually set you up now, has given you such a massive aerobic engine to power you on to do these great things. And again, just to, just to push the point on the competitive side of things, Luke, <laughs> um, you know, did, did you enjoy the glory and winning um, in Eco Trail? And, and does it make you hungry for more? Um, it's a really interesting question, this, because, you know, I've done some road racing before, I've done triathlon, I have been very competitive, at least in spirit, um, if only marginally in results. Um, uh, but now I think my perspective has shifted to one more of like enjoyment. And I think that shift in perspective is really important. And I, I was thinking about this prior to the interview. I was thinking like actually having a smile on your face is probably the most important painkiller or the most powerful painkiller that you have. And like doing something because you love it is probably the biggest factor in determining your success more more or less so you can argue putting a bit more pressure on someone will gain a bit more performance um you know so yeah I love I do love racing I do love the competition um I'd be lying if I said I don't enjoy um you know uh kind of crushing a few runners when I have the chance but um <laughs> it doesn't happen very often so most of the time I'm looking at other people's souls um yeah yeah, yeah. Well, well you, you certainly weren't in Wicklow about 10 days ago. And, and tell us about the, the, the race itself, Eco Trail Wicklow. I, I think yourself and Ricky, you know, pretty much broke away from the rest of the field from the very, very start. Um, and then you broke away from Ricky. And in the end, I mean, Ricky is one of the country's top trail runners. And you took the win by about 48 minutes. So <laughs> maybe just briefly, if you could just talk to us about those 80 kilometers. And did, did, you, did you enjoy being in the lead? Or did you feel the pressure of being hunted, perhaps, by Ricky? Yeah, well, I remember in the start line, the, I think it was you saying, oh, there's a, there's a world record holder here. And I was like, mm, my <laughs> yeah, like right. this is going to be this is going to be interesting. Um, and we got to about hmm, seven or eight K in, I think. And I didn't want to go off too hard, but also like, I love to open out my legs. I love to feel like I'm running and not shuffling. And I just felt like I wanted to run. Um, and I was like, well, you know, I might, I might completely blow up by halfway, but you know, at least I'll, I've done this race my way. Um, yeah. 
You know, and I, I've always, to answer your previous question, I've always had a really good aerobic engine, like much more than out and out speed. That's why I've never really, I think, shone too much at like 5K or 10K. Um, but I've always known since the age of about 14 that I was going to be most suited to the long distance stuff. And it's only now that I'm beginning to kind of explore it a bit more now that I'm a bit older. So I'm I'm super, super excited to see where it goes. And um, yeah, the, the Wicklow race itself was, um, I remember about halfway on the reservoir kind of thinking, okay, my legs are a bit tired now. And cause that's flat, there's no let up. And I was like, am I going to be able to sustain this? And um, you know, you just stay in the moment. You just kind of keep on smiling and thinking this is great. And, you know, if, if Ricky came past me, that's fine. You know, like um, he's always, he would be having a fantastic run and I'm running my best. But I mean, if he did come past me, I'd work bloody hard to make sure he didn't put any distance between us. But um... OK, well, there, there's that competitive <laughs> spirit that I was looking for. Um, for. For the listeners that are that are listening in, Luke, do you think um, that cross training on the bike can actually help them with their trail running career. And like at the moment, as you start back into your maybe new training block, will, yeah. will you be going on to the bike? Maybe not to tan the bike. That's a bit <laughs> but will you be using the bike as well as doing lots of running? Or now would you just completely go back to running and, to, and see where it takes you? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a place for cycling, adding in a bit more aerobic, uh, you know, uh, conditioning into your into your training a bit more aerobic work without the impact i think that's um that's really valuable however ultimately you know if you want to be good at running you run a lot and that's the, that's the key so you can use a bit of swimming or a bit of running um, a bit of cycling just to complement it um so i will be doing a lot of running but you know what i was thinking about this you know i didn't do a single session before the race like i was literally just doing some easy running and uh, you know maybe doing uh, 50 60 miles a week but still nothing too crazy um so but i think on race day i just sort of enjoy switching it on and you know i enter a bit of a bit of a bit of a different headspace and it's just it's fun and i'm perhaps a bit more competitive than i'm letting on as well like it's it's quite fun to lead a race yeah well i think that's fascinating what you mentioned there luke that going into eco trail you hadn't done any speed work, any real tempo sessions that you were able to take the win just off aerobic base work, really, and lots and lots of mileage. And, you know, that's probably reassuring for a lot of listeners who maybe are going through an injury or an illness or a sickness that there's no rush to get back doing speed sessions or tempo runs and hammering yourself that especially in this code of running in trail running, once you're just out in the hills and out in the mountains, getting the miles in, getting the hours in every week, that can sometimes be enough to produce a really good performance. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things I love about trail running is that on the race, on race day with these long races, you've got like, you know, two, three, four hours before it starts to get painful because you're only running, you know, four thirty, five minute Ks, you know, something like that. You know, it's not high pace running, whereas in a 5K or a 10K, you know, you're you're working really hard from about five, five minutes in, you know, and so I think there's a much greater capacity to just enjoy where you are. And it means that, you know, you don't need the same level of speed work, though, probably when you come to these top performers, uh, they, you know, they, they probably do some really good speed sessions as well, and they could smash a good half marathon. So, yeah, um, any desire to get onto the roads, Luke, again, and try and chip away at the road times or to be honest I think sometimes on the road it can be a little bit 
frustrating and annoying just looking at the clock all the time, looking at the watch all the time, because there's always going to be somebody that can run faster and probably minutes faster than whenever we can on any given day. But it is a nice challenge sometimes as well, just to mix it up. So any desire taking onto the roads? Yeah, well, I think um, for me, ever since I've been diagnosed, my, my mindset has shifted, right? That like I want to do something that first and foremost I enjoy and I love. And for me, that's become trail racing and I want to do a, a load more of it. And I think that's going to give me a really good base of fitness that hopefully if I do a road race is going to translate into some quick times. And that would be great. You know, it'd be great to see some quicker PBs. Um, but as I say, the most important thing is just to sort of enjoy what you're doing and, and love it. And um, I think that can get lost in the competitive side because um, having experienced it before and it's, it's a hard balance. It's a hard balance, isn't it? Yeah. Well, well listen, um, Luke, it's been brilliant to talk to you today. You've inspired me. And to be honest, you inspired me the weekend of Eco Trail Wicklow because I was feeling a bit under the weather. I was on antibiotics that week and uh, wasn't feeling great. And I had um, a, a club race on the Sunday morning just after Eco Trail. And I wasn't going to go, to be honest, but um, I had a chat just with, with my wife, Jennifer, and she was saying, oh, go for it. And and then I was just thinking about the likes of, of yourself that was there in, in Bray that day. Um, you know, if you got through 80K and had such a good time and finished with such a smile on your face after everything that you went through, Edna Cloak, who won the 46K, he won the race with a with a bad hamstring. So I, I said to myself, listen, you know, if these guys can do all that, here's me just with antibiotics for the week, a bit of an ear infection, I can get out and try to do what I can in the club run the next day. And I did go out and I really had a great morning. So that was just one little example, Luke, and I'm sure you've inspired so many people over the last year or two and will continue to do so. Um, Luke, if anybody would like to just look you up and help you out with any of the charities that you have been working for and, and cycling 30,000 kilometers around the world for as well, um, what charities are you helping out, Luke, at the moment? Yeah, well, first of all, Owen, you smashed it. You did 14.55 or 5K, so kudos like, on all that antibiotics. <laughs> Mate, that's well, all I, I wouldn't have done it without the inspiration of people like yourself that weekend. <laughs> so thank you. Um, yeah, but to answer your question, um, so raising money for four amazing cancer charities, uh, um, the Teenage Cancer Trust and Young Lives Versus Cancer, they helped me massively through my treatment. Um, and then there's 5K Your Way and Trek Stock. And these are charities that get people moving with cancer. And I so wholeheartedly believe in these charities because they're just they're just awesome. Uh, and it's something that massively helped me, of course. Um, so if anybody wants to support those charities uh, through the fundraiser I set up, then if you go onto the Bristol to Beijing website, so Bristol number two, Beijing.org, Bristol2Beijing.org, then you can find the donate page there. Any donations make a huge, huge difference. Um, so thank you so much in advance. And if anybody wants to follow what I'm doing in the future, which probably will involve some trail races at various events, I saw those. Is it Westville, your your guy who's also on this? Um, waterfall, yeah, Waterfall down oh, waterfall. in Kerry. Yeah, That's yeah. a great way. Um, yeah, yeah. It's a great so, trail running country down there. Yeah, it sounds great. So uh, if anybody wants to follow what I'm doing, then you can also go like Bristol to Beijing on Instagram or Facebook and there's, there's things happening there. Brilliant. Well, listen, good luck with all of those projects, Luke. And hopefully um, one of the big brands or sponsors might pick you up as well because you're a sponsor's dream, a top bloke and a, a great talent as well. And I look forward to enjoying yourself on the trails, but also seeing you 
compete hopefully with the very very best out there as well it's, Luke it's, it's been an absolute mission. pleasure cheers my mission to show that you can both perform at a really high level and enjoy it at the same time so. and keep on smiling absolutely take care Luke cheers <laughs>that's a wrap for this week everybody thank you to luke and renee for their great conversation this week and thanks to jason over at his sports and injury clinic jktherapy.ie for supporting this episode of the podcast have a super weekend training everybody have a super week and good luck with all your race planning for the next few months after listening to luke hopefully you'll all be inspired to dream big and with the help of people like renee jason your coaches and support crews those dreams can become a reality. A quick reminder to pop over to patreon.com to support the show, guys, if you like what we do here to help keep the podcast going, but only do so once you've got your run in for the day. Everybody, let's get our running gear on. Let's go.